was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every stew. Blue. On the Saturday, well, hello out there again, Town Ball Junkies. This is the Small Town Baseball Commute, and I am your host, Josh Item. So you've reached us again for another great baseball conversation. So for this episode, we are going to talk with Adam Snyder, and Adam is the manager of the Royalton River Dogs in the Victory League in central Minnesota. So let's just get to it. We have a great conversation here with Adam Snyder of the Royalton River Dogs. Well, welcome again to the Small Town Baseball Commute. And we've got uh, afternoon slash evening commute. It's about uh, 5.15 Central Standard Time uh, driving home from work. So on the line, I've got uh, Adam Snyder. Adam, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm hey I'm good. It's been a been a good day at work. I'm still I can't get used to this. I, this is what I don't like about winter. It's just the dark. It's dark when you go to work. When you, it makes you wanna I don't know curl up into a ball, right? But uh, yep. getting used to that drive home. So I'm gonna try to be a responsible driver tonight, Adam. Last night when we were doing a podcast, if anybody listens to that one on uh, with Dale Crumry, I definitely got my brights flashed at me for not having my lights on driving home. So just classic uh, distracted driving. But we are hands-free. I do have my lights on. This will be a safe trip. I can promise that. So let's let's get into it a little bit, Adam. So you're coming coming at us from Royalton. Do you live in Royalton? Is that is that where you're coming coming to us from? Um, I actually live about 20 minutes away from Royalton, um, Stock Rapids. Um, but, yeah, I graduated from Royalton. Um, grew up in Royalton, yeah, pretty much everything Royalton. I coach at Royalton yet, so try oh, to fantastic. stay involved there. Yeah, you coach baseball over there or coach other sports? Yeah, I do JD basketball and JD baseball. All right. So which one was your better sport growing up? Which one was your favorite? I would have to say um, baseball was my favorite, um, but it, it, it was close. Um you know, my so dad was a basketball to... coach. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, you don't have to say it just because you're on a baseball podcast, right? There's there's no. good and bad. I was a basketball kid, too. Sure, you know, yeah, yeah, no. And your dad was dad was a basketball coach, you said? Dad was a basketball coach, yep. So, I mean, um, that was his favorite sport. But, no, I I was – I always, always like baseball better. Maybe it's just the weather. Or you know, being outside and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't like the gym as much as I did but ball diamond. Yeah, sure. Well, let me let me before we get into more of your baseball story. You know, we've had we've had some different guys on to talk about playing for their dad as a coach, uh, but really that was just as uh, it's always been a baseball coach. So what was it like to be have dad as a, as a basketball coach? Um, you know it. It wasn't bad. Um, you know, a lot of people say there's there's favoritism or whatever, but um I I I feel like I got rode pretty hard compared to some of the other guys. Um and then I actually coached a couple of my brothers, um so I, I kinda rode them harder too, so I kinda saw the other end of it. And uh but no, it's I mean it's it is what it is. It's you know, there's some pressure from outside but um I mean it was pretty I had a pretty normal experience with that. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that's pretty consistent from sport to sport as, as, uh, as a, and I was not a coach's kid, but I would see it with, and I can think of a couple sons who I played with that their dad, dad was a high school coach. And, um, there you do, I think, I think the tendency is actually to treat, treat your son to higher expectations or higher, um, at a, at a higher level only because you know everybody's watching. There is that pressure. Um, right. and you, you probably, I would imagine you wish you could be with some of your other players to get them doing the stuff away from, away from the sport, you know, the practice and in the basement and that kind of stuff that you wish all your players would do. But now you've got access to one of your players. <laughs> so at, at practice, when you give that speech to, hey guys, make sure you work on this at home when you got some time, you can't get away with, with, uh, not doing that when your dad's a coach. So just a little, some, probably plenty of extra pressure. Well, let's, Get back to the to the baseball stuff, Adam. So, so um, tell me tell me the baseball part of your story after high school. So, go up in Royalton, and then after high school, how do you get into town baseball? What's that pathway? Okay, sure. Yeah. So, um, Royalton didn't have an amateur team until I was like a sophomore in high school, and by that I mean they were pretty full. So, our high school coach was kind of he was a little bit lukewarm on us playing amateur ball. Um, so I didn't end up playing until after I had graduated, um, and we ended up going to state my senior year, so I probably didn't get recruited to a team until mid-June. And um, some of the Royalton guys had uh, had I went to this team called the St. Cloud Ultimates. Um, they were kind of around my age, so I, I went with them. Um, we ended up, you know, I ended up joining like halfway through the year or whatever by the time mid-June hits here. The season's kind of two-thirds over. So played with them. Um, we ended up, that team ended up folding at the end of the year because uh, we didn't field enough guys for our, our second playoff game. Um, we had some guys that uh, went to Wii Fest versus playing, uh, playing in that playoff game. So How does this happen? Um, How does this happen? Tell me, okay, tell me again, what was the, what was the mascot of the team, the St. Cloud what? St. Cloud Ultimate, and I, I think there's a team that still oh, exists. Ultimate. St. Cloud Ultimate. Okay. Ultimate Sports, it would be called. Yeah, it was a bar and grill that was our sponsor. Got it. Got it. So now um, Ultimate Frisbee, <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah. So the ultimate yeah, fate no. of that team was just to go to WeFest instead of the instead of the game. Now, yeah, is that yeah. do you remember conversations with – I just think that's such a – it's like a manager's nightmare, right? So we we're working on our schedule right now, and I just I just scheduled a team for our league around um, Country Fest because the manager was like, "Can is there any way we can just for one year not play league games during Country Fest over here?" And that's up in Somerset, and uh, because they just can never find. <laughs> Remember any conversations among the young guys about like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't do this," or do you, was everybody just young enough that it was just a no-brainer to go to WeFest. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was a no-brainer that the tickets had been <laughs> purchased um, way ahead of time. Um, I remember I was actually – we had a game the day before, and I was there. So I was I was the ninth guy, and it, it's probably my fault because um, I had to go to a funeral the next day where my, my great-grandfather passed away, and um, I was oh. a pallbearer. So <laughs> – on the way there, I'm getting – I had bad service, so I'm getting voicemails from the manager cursing my name that, you know, we got eight bleeping guys, and 
we need you here. So, but uh, there's nothing. I was hours away. So there was not much I could do. But yeah, so the rest no, of our team you know, at, at least. That. <laughs> yeah, Let, we'll, let's move on from this story in a second. But I'll, I'm just gonna let you off the hook, and it, I I can be the guy because I don't know any of those guys to make someone upset. Everybody else but you was wrong in that situation. That's what I think, right? <laughs> The manager is wrong to be calling you, knowing that you're at a family member's funeral. Okay, like that's don't do that, guys. That's the wrong thing to do. What you need to do is you call all those jokers that are going to WeFest and be like, "Look, Adam's was it your great grandpa or your grandpa? Adam's great grandpa passed away. He has to be the pallbearer. We don't have nine guys. I, you need to skip. Can you can you sneak away from WeFest for?" four hours, go get your thing stamped, and then you can go back in. Uh, instead of him leaving, the, like, just go guilt all your WeFest kids. That's what you guys do. But they probably weren't answering his call. So he probably was Yeah, I would assume that. Probably yeah, their that. phones are yeah. probably off. <laughs> hey, baseball fans, we're about halfway through the conversation here, so it's time to take a quick break and thank our podcast sponsors. That includes my friends at Aspen Creek Publishing, who... Help me publish my own book about town baseball, Beyond the Fence, a fun novel about town ball life based on lies and half-truths from my time around the game. You'll find it on Amazon.com or our website at BaseballCommute.com. You won't find it on Audible, though, because, frankly, I just don't have the patience to read a whole book out loud. The last half of this episode is brought to you by the guy who keeps leaving his glove in the dugout. The guy who keeps leaving his glove in the dugout, owing a dollar to Kangaroo Court each game since 1976. And hey, speaking of ways to generate a few dollars for yourself, if you're interested in advertising here on the pod, just hit us up at baseballcommute.com. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm sorry, you cut out for one second there. Oh, sorry, Adam. So after you... Um you have that summer with the St. Cloud team, you end up back with Royals and did, did you get kind of recruited back to play or did you decide to play? Was that, you know, your choice to keep playing ball? How did that happen? And then the rest is kind of history, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So I got, yeah, recruited by the inaugural manager, Mike Winter, um, ran into each other at a gas station after bar close. Um, <laughs> I just happened to be there. I wasn't at the bar, but yeah, I was, I was 18 or whatever. So yeah. Right. Yep, he ran in, we ran into each other, and then I, I've been playing um, community college ball, so and he's like, well, why don't you come play for the River Dogs? And I, I agreed, so, yeah, I've been there ever since. Yeah, and has has uh, have they always been called the River Dogs? That's a really, uh, speaking of mascot names, that's a really interesting one. You know where that, <laughs> what the history of that is? Um, so, not always. Um, I know when I was uh, – Maybe before I was born or till I was very young, um, it was the Royals and Rowdies. Um, they they folded, and next came the Royals and Sparrows. And I know they folded um, mid to late '90s, and a lot of our guys went and played for the Buckman Billy Goats, which is about 13 yep. miles from Royalton. And uh, yeah, they won they won the title with the Buckman in 1999. So. Hmm, cool. And then yeah, the Royalton River Dogs came in a, came into existence in two thousand four. Sure. 
So we, yeah, we're not not quite the tradition of some of the other town ball teams, but yeah, we're we're trying to get there. Backstory. I don't know the backstory on those other teams folding, but I'm gonna make it really simple. If you call your team, the, this is why your mascot's important. If you call your team the Rowdies, no one's gonna support that. Unless, uh, <laughs> to a Come on. And right. you said the, the sparrow. Pharaohs. unless you've got pyramids, like pharaohs, yeah, like a yeah, pyramid. All right. Yeah, so half yep. the people are gonna, yeah. So half the people are gonna wonder why we named our thing after the Egyptians, and then the other half are gonna just be like me and thought you said pharaohs, and that's not gonna strike any fear in anybody. So I really like the river dogs. It's smooth. It's simple. Yeah, appreciate so it. Me, it's, uh... Yeah, yeah. Did you were you part of coming up? Like I, so I didn't tell Adam and I. I've kind of uh, throwing some darts in the dartboard, but I appreciate it. Um, so were you part of naming, like, when that team started? Give me some, a little, without um, completely dating yourself, Adam, give us some context here. You said you had some teammates in 99 with uh, Buckman. Like, like, give us some, some timeline. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I wasn't teammates, but, um, no, from what I know about the Riverdog name, I didn't have any. I can't take credit for naming it because I kind of wasn't a part of it. But, um, yeah, so there's uh, the Charleston River Dogs. They're a double-A AA or triple-A affiliate of um, somebody. But uh, I think they were just researching um, names that started with an R because, um, yeah, everyone kind of looks up to the Buckman Billy Ghost as the holy grail of nicknames in the Victory League. So yeah, we kind of tried to kind of – Kind of tried to, you know, one-up them, which, you know, we didn't. But, um, yeah, so we kind of settled on River Dogs instead of, you know, the Rowdies or anything else that might mm-hmm. start with an R. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking with um, with Dale on the last podcast, and one of the things he said in there that I never got into with him, but they changed their name from the Tigers to the Panthers. And um, we have over here, we've got the Prescott Pirates. So, like, for Prescott, or if your team is the Tigers, you can kind of just, when you need merchandise and you need gear for your team, you can just go on, like, the MLB shop. So, in fact, the Pirates over here, they just, their colors are the same as the Pittsburgh Pirates, all of it. You know, they're they're good guys. I like them. Um, you know, many of them are friends of mine, but I still think it's lame. So, because it, now, for us, with the Fighting Fish over here, we're, we're, we use an F on our hat as as our as our deal, right? And when we had mm-hmm. somebody um, design our uniform, and I won't name the shop because I'm going to be a little critical of it, they sent it over to us, and we were just blown away. We we're like, man, this looks so great! I can't believe they thought of these great colors with this. And it it, honest to God, was was a year later before any of us realized that all they did was steal all the Florida Gator stuff. So if we really wanted to, we could just go on the Florida Gators website and we could just order hats, and that would be our hats for the year, and it would look the exact same, and I just cannot bring myself to do it. So when you said that about the Charleston River Dogs, are you guys able to just pull some River Dogs merchants and make it look like your stuff, or do you come up with all of your own stuff? That's my uh, hard-hitting no, we, question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we we don't. Um, we've, we've looked at the logo of the 
Charleston River Dogs, and it's literally just a dog with a broken bat in its mouth. So we just do the old – we do the old English R as sort of our logo. I like um, it. That's, that's, I don't, that's classic. Yeah. So that's, that's worked out pretty well. We've been able to design some decent hats and stuff off of that. So that's what we're, that's what we're sticking with. What are, uh, Adam, one of, what of your, when I talk about that, what are some of your hats and different stuff? What are some stuff that, um, and maybe the answer is we don't do any of this. So that's a fine answer too, but, but we recently have kind of struggled with what kind of stuff to order for our team, like for the guys. So like do, and then guys kind of buy their own stuff. So is there merchandise that like your players have been interested in that it's like, hey, let's get long sleeve shirts or let's get, or do you just stick with the hats and a t-shirt? Oh yeah, no. So we use, um, we use Rambo, which is in Royalton or not Royalton, uh, Minnesota, um, out of New London Spicer and then BSN. So we, we order, I mean, we order stuff from this clothing company. They kind of design design stuff based on our logo. So we have, um, you know, hoodie sweatshirts, three quarter sleeve, pretty much, pretty much anything you need. So we've been doing one of those clothing orders at least once a year and it's been, I think it's caught on pretty well. Yeah. That's, that was kind of a game changer once, um, companies started doing that because I can remember order forms that way back in the day and, and then all of a sudden, kind of clothing companies and sporting goods companies figured that out, that they could just do that. It was, I think, a technology piece, right? The, the more accessible publishing technology got, and it was easier to make an order form and work with companies that way, people started doing it on their own. And then those companies went, wait a minute, why would I have this? these guys do this when I could just do it? So that's, yeah, we kind yeah, of take absolutely. advantage of that with one of our local joints, too. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit about the River Winning games up there, losing games up there. I hope you're not tying any games up there. Any, any? How's the team been? Um, so we've been up since our since our existence. Um, it's kind of been it's been up and down. Um, lately, um, we are going. We're kind of younger. So I am I am 32. So I'd be the second oldest guy on the team. Um, and we have a lot of, a lot of high scores. So we're kind of trying to switch things over and kind of pass it on to the next, next generation of kids. Um, because, you know, I think because we didn't have amateur teams, um, for, for a little while there, um, guys didn't really grow up going to games and watching their dad play and this and that. But now that we're, you know, in 2020, we have um, our, our group of seniors, a lot of their dads played either for Royalton or for Buckman or, or area mm-hmm. teams. So it's kind of, you know, built in a little bit. So I think we're starting to get that, that tradition of where, you know, you don't do anything for the summer months on the weekends and, you know, Saturdays or Sundays for sure for baseball. So mm-hmm. um, we do have that going for us. Um, last year was kind of nice. That was a shortened season because of COVID. We got um, we just played our younger guys a lot, um, just to try to get their feet wet and get them going a little bit. This year, I think we'll, we'll it'll kind of be a mix of some of our some of our veterans playing a little more, and you know who's who's good enough. You know, the best player will will probably play, but but yeah, yeah it's um, so we're kind of rebuilding, but um, we hope we're in the 
you know, taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, and well, we've talked to a few teams too that are just like you're talking about are, are kind of building that tradition. Um, but that, you know, that's that's a point that I don't know that anybody has made, and I had I hadn't really thought about that. Is that to to and maybe it's a, maybe it's a duh, maybe I'm I'm the only one that's having this reaction, Adam. But um, I really hadn't thought about your team really does have to be just in existence long enough to to build a tradition. You you can't rush it. Um, when you talk about kids who are now joining the team where that team's been around since 04, it's been a part of their growing up in Royalton. So whether their dad's played or not, they've always probably known, at least have known that it exists, known of the team, whether they're running around the field or not, right? Because you're right. You do the math there. Yeah, and I think we're – I would say we're ex- we're experiencing kind of this about the same thing in River Falls in the last few years because we – that team's been in existence since 08, where now these kids – so that's 12 years, right? So when those kids were five, six years old, that team was starting in and, and it started to exist or whatever. I don't think my math was right there, so don't judge me. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I hadn't I, – I hadn't thought about that before, just uh, – you can't. You can build traditions, and you can you can do these things. But you sometimes you can't rush. Just like you can't rush experience in a job, you know, um, you can't you can't rush tradition on a team. It just takes time. Oh, cool. So um, victory league up there. Tell us about the victory league a little bit, Adam. Yeah, sure. So um, we have 19 teams um, currently. Um, my opinion, pretty competitive league. It's um, probably what I would call a little bit top heavy where um you get a lot of the same teams in the state tournament year in year out and a lot of teams a lot of the same teams in the region tournament year in and year out so you have your mm-hmm. a lot of familiar names to be like Sobieski, Buckman, um Avon, Nisla, Fort Ripley, those kind of guys. So um sure. But this this last year, you know, we had a couple new ones in the region tournament, so I guess we'll we'll see um it, on our division, it's, I mean, teams are getting a little bit younger, so there's been a changing of the guard a little bit on who's the number two um, mm-hmm. and who's going to regions and stuff. So it's, um, it's uh, overall, it's a, a nice competitive, you know, blue-collar league. Yeah. Teams teams get along pretty well. Is it, is it pretty competitive? Does it, does it get heated often on the field? Does it guys hang out after games? What's the, What's kind of the culture and the vibe? Um, things can obviously get a little chippy here and there, but, um, I would say, you know, after the game, once the dust settles, um, everyone gets along pretty good. It's it's kind of like a, you know, a big fraternity, um, where you're, you know, you might be hanging out with the other guys the night before, and then you're, you're getting after it the next day. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, just like anything else where yeah. they're, you know, it's, it's competitive, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's fun too. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, I have so many, so many memories of times where you bring that up about hanging out with the guys the night before. And, and I, I think it's like that always. And, and especially when you're younger and you've got a little more time to, time to kill, you tend to get together with the guys from the other teams that are around that have that same time to kill. And I can remember at least two instances of, of letting the team know that definitely the next day we were going to beat them. And I was going to pitch, and they weren't going to hardly get a hit, and then just going out and getting shelled the next day. And that, that's like 
have the fun, you know, is, is some of the, some of the, I would, I would call it fun, fun trash talk that you can do with, mm-hmm. with some of your fellow, fellow players, especially when you're a young player. Um, and then just go flat out and not back it up, but not have it <laughs> some, and maybe, I don't know, people, you can, you guys that know this story, definitely I can think of Hudson that, um, I think they 10 run us and I started that game on the mound as a young, like 23 year old who was just, you know, coming out of college convinced I was going to shut them down. And they were some older guys and, and I, and, and, uh, they just dominated us the next day. And a couple of them haven't let me forget, forget about it, but, um, it's always been in good fun. You know what I mean? It's not the, and although certainly there are those guys who maybe rub you the wrong way, but usually it's really good natured. At least it has been down here. Um, where when you don't live up to the promises you made the day before or the week of, um, everybody has a good laugh about it afterwards, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of, you know, ball busting going on, but at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's, it's all in good fun. Yeah. We all got to go to work the next day. So um, what, uh, what's on the, what's on the agenda for you guys next summer? What are, what uh, other than, you know, hopefully us getting, you know, taking care of COVID and having a normal summer. So assuming we have a normal summer, you know, what what are you most excited about for the coming season? Fun to dream about it since um, it's December. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just looking forward to, you know, playing a full slate next summer. I'll probably try to maybe even get a couple exhibition games in. Um, now that we're, now that we have, you know, maybe enough guys where that'll, that'll show up on like a Friday night or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm just excited for our, our young guys, you know, getting their feet wet last year and seeing how, how they develop this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, just basically having a, a normal year would be helpful. You know, last year was kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. Well, Adam, you, you mentioned quick before we started recording here that you're, so you're moving from player manager to kind of, I won't say strictly, but to more of us, well, I guess that word would be right, strictly manager role. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you were saying? Um, so how yeah. difficult of a decision is that and how, or how, tell me about that. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it wasn't that difficult. Um, my first two years of managing, I, I played, um, and the hardest part was probably um, in-game decisions. And when you're when you're out there, especially if you're playing outfield, it's like, do I do we make a pitching change? Do I go to a mound visit? Do I do this? Do I do that? And you know, yeah. at the same time, you're a player, so you're trying to be positive and root on your guy. You know, he walks a couple guys. Um, you're trying to be you know rah rah out in the outfield. And when, versus when you're in the dugout and you're pacing up and down, swearing under your breath. Um, so yeah, the last, the last couple of years, I would say, um, two years ago, I kind of just became a spot starter. And then last year I kind of, I got maybe three at bats in or four at bats in. So, um, sure. it's, it's definitely a lot easier being the, you know, being in the dugout full time and making these decisions versus, you know, being in the field and, you know, trying to, trying to stay mentally in the game while also, you know, trying to make these decisions on what you're going to do strategy wise. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we talked, I feel like with somebody recently, we talked about, um, and we kind of joked about how it was Josh Tegeson from Red Wing. If anybody, if you caught that episode, we were, we were joking about as man, yeah, as managers, we always like to say like, Oh, I'd be such a better player if I didn't have to do all this stuff. 
and that's not true, right? It, it's not. We're, right. I mean, it can be distracting at times, but other times it's it's good. But the hard part, I I'm with you as because that that's me too as an outfielder. When you're standing out there in left field and you know you got to do something with your pitcher and you forgot to tell anybody about it. And actually, I want to say this year or last year, I even called time from out there and walked all the way to the mound, which just looks dumb and is embarrassing. So <laughs> some of the hardest – I think I think you're you're spot on with some of the hardest parts about being a player manager are our in-game decision-making. And because there will be times, too, you know, if you experience this one, Adam, where you'll play in a full game and then you – you look back and, and you're, I can, I can think of sitting in the dugout after a game and realizing that like it's on, it's a night we were trying to get everybody in and I might've come out for the last three innings and I don't want to make it sound like I'd play all the time cause I don't, but a game where I, I wasn't on top of the plan to get everybody in. Right. So I'm looking down the bench mm-hmm. and I'm seeing two guys that, Oh shoot, I forgot to get them in or we didn't get them in until the eighth when we really should have got them in in about the sixth that if you weren't on the field, you would have noticed those things. Have you, yeah, did, have yeah. you built guys? Yeah. And I'm so thankful we've got a, um, we've got a nice leadership core on our team, but um, Matt Dornick, if anybody knows Matt, Matt's from Cottage Grove and um, helps co-manage the fish during, especially during game situations too, and is a pitcher. So, but there are times too where, where Matt and I just miss talking to each other and I'm, stuck out in left field I think I probably should eventually get one of those we should probably if we were the Patriots we would cheat and just get a little earpiece so we could talk to each other um (laughs) but yeah so I don't know if you if you've had some experience Adam with having other guys step in to do some of that like how do we so how do we help other player managers in your experience now looking back are there things you wish you would have done to to try to help that situation I, I would do like you do. I would um, kind of put somebody in, in charge from the dugout, um, you know, and go to go to talk to somebody when they when they think it's a good idea. Because yeah, there's literally times where I was out in right field or where wherever, and I'm yelling at uh, yelling at the dugout like, hey, go talk to him because I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy, you know, running in from right field to come do a mound visit. But um, right, um, yeah, I would just say. And maybe not even, you know, maybe put someone in charge of coaching third base too, because that can that can obviously be a lot. You know, you you run in from the field, you got to sprint out to the to the coach's box, and then you got to mm-hmm. run because you're in the hole or on deck or whatever. So, yeah, I would just say having a security blanket would be would be helpful. Yeah, well, we always say it's like any anything in leadership right we we are encouraged to delegate 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 and then the the pitfall always is when you delegate but then you can't give up control so you got to know that when you delegate and i historically i feel like i've gotten better at this i hopefully i'll keep getting better until i'm 100 years old right i always keep getting better at stuff but um not being upset when somebody makes a decision that you don't agree with right so like I'll be out and left and I think they should go visit the pitcher. They're watching the same game I do. And it, it would make me so mad when they wouldn't <laughs> I would get so mad. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is really like before. So I talked about Dorney. So this is, I don't want to throw Dorney under the bus. Cause this is, this is in the days of BD before Dorney um, where, you know, you, you got three or four guys on the bench. They're, 
probably screwing around, but you know what? Let them screw around because they're having a good time, right? But I need one of them mm. to go visit. And I'll get so mad. Like, how can you not see what I see? Well, because, because I didn't talk to them, right? So I think if mm. you delegate, but you communicate a ton with the other guys that are helping do that, things will be fine. So delegate and I think communicate and and you can handle it. Or you do what Adam, what you're doing, which is just you just got to step away for the betterment of the team. So to me, you sound like a very unselfish guy, a better better person than I am for sure. Now, well, no, part, however, of that is, part of that is talent too. So, I mean, it's like if I'm not that much better than anybody else that I'm going to throw out there, I might as well. I might as well just yeah. sacrifice my my playing time. Well, and keep the keep the uniform right because there now there'll be times where guaranteed you'll end up with those. I would I'd be willing to bet you a dollar you'll get those three at bats again because there's going to be that one day where half the team went to Wee Fest and then somebody had yeah. the funeral and then you got to step in and be guy number nine. It's kind of I don't know what everybody else's experiences that has been, but. It seems like it doesn't matter if I got 15 guys on the roster or I got 35 guys on the roster. There will be a weekend during that summer where we do not have enough of them. And I don't know why it works that way, but it it seems to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's a team around that's never never experienced that. So yeah, I will I'll be on the ready for for whenever that happens yeah. again. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Adam, I think I'm I'm uh, sitting outside the driveway right now. I've got, uh, as usual, kids see my car lights and they're poking their head out and saying, "Dad, come on in." Um, so, thanks for the conversation tonight, and uh, best of luck to to Royalton this summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everybody thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, have a good one. You too, man. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Commute. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and share the podcast with fellow ball players. You can send them to our website at baseballcommute.com. I'm always looking for guests and great conversations, so if you've got a suggestion or you just want to call and talk baseball, shoot us a line at baseballcommute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for what you do for amateur baseball, wherever that might be. You're out at the old ball game.